What is up, beautiful people? Welcome back to the In the Arena podcast. We got me, Coach Bray, in the building. Well, I should say virtually in the building, in the, in the computer. We got Coach Ross. And we have a very special guest today, a performance coach. based. Are you based out of Philadelphia? Correct. Based out of Philadelphia. Based out of Philadelphia, a BPN ambassador with Ross. That's how you guys connected. Mr. Joe Rinaldi, man. How you doing today? Guys, I'm doing incredible. It's an honor to be here. And, uh, you know, I have the man in the arena quote hanging up in my office here. So oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Let's go. I, I, that, that's great, man. Another, you know, what I saw from your profile, my favorite word, and you'll, you'll probably hear me say a couple times in here, is perspective. Uh, that's something that's super connected to me. So I imagine you are a deep person like myself as well. So I'm excited to see how deep we can go. Um, to, to start us off, man, and to really context, contextualize this question, you know, me and Ross are on a mission to creating better men, you know, and everyone has a different version of what that looks like. Um, you know, for us, it's, it's creating, you know, vulnerable men, confident men, you know, men that are willing to communicate, men that are leaders, men that are stepping up in their arenas and not giving a damn what other people think. Um, so learn a little bit to learn a little bit about you and what you think a better man is. What do you think are the the three most important qualities or skills in, in being a better man? Coming out with the tough questions. These are good. Yes, though. These are good. I would have to say, let's go with perspective. I think you need to have perspective. You need to be able to realize that you can choose how you view the world, how you view your circumstances. So I'm going to go with perspective. I'm going to go with number two, integrity. And to me, integrity means, right, doing the right thing, especially when nobody's watching, especially when it's hard and especially when it's inconvenient. And number three, I'm just going to have to go with a mix of maybe compassion or empathy, um, just genuine care for other human beings. I think we're all struggling with something. A lot of times we can't see that. And so just to live with a spirit of compassion is super important. I love that, man. Um, You know, perspective and understanding, we always have a choice. And there's always multiple perspectives to how something, you know, how something, when something happens to you, like understanding other people and having that compassion, that empathy for other people, you know, that's, I'm big on caring and giving a shit, you know, cause and I can feel that energy when someone is, you know, doing something that's selfish versus doing something that is for the betterment of uh, our community or betterment of whoever they're, they're uh, working with. Um, I love that, man. And, and the integrity piece, that's huge. And that's kind of, you know, one thing with social media kind of like, well, it's hard to understand who's real and who's not real, right? We get the version on, on social media versus the, ver- the version behind the scenes. And I feel like you're a man that is pretty good at keeping those promises to yourself. And a man that, you know, that lives, this from my, my, my dosage of what I've seen from your content, it's real raw, it's real real. You're also not looking for flashy stuff. You're, you're just straight to the point, super basic. And I, I like basic. Basic is good. Um, so with that, man, and, and, and you living by those things, how does that tie into your mission as a man? How does that tie into your mission as like how you want to leave this planet and the legacy you want to leave? Of course. You know, I think the most important thing to know about me for anybody who's listening is that I have this genetic eye condition. It's called best disease. And essentially, I am slowly going blind, right? There's no cure for what I have. Uh, there are treatments that can help slow the progression, but uh, as it stands right now, I'm headed down that path. And for most of my life, I saw that as a bad thing. I saw that as a burden and I let it hold me back. And within the past four or five years, my perspective has completely changed. And now I see it as a blessing. It's one of the best things that has ever happened to me. 
And I think for me, the mission that I'm on is to help other people understand that it's not about what happens to you. It's about how you view that thing and how you respond to that thing. And, and our response and our perspective, those are completely within our control. But I'll be the first to admit that it's really, really hard to see hard things as good things when they're happening and when we're hurting. And I think hindsight is this beautiful tool that we can use to look back and make sense of things. But I think when we're in that place, we need those people around us to let us know, hey, if you're not alone, hey, this is going to get better. Hey, let me walk with you through this. And that's really what I want to be to other people. And I get not everybody's losing their sight. But like I said earlier, everybody is struggling with something. And I think that message transcends any specific struggle. And it just gets to the heart of what it means to be human. That was beautiful. Thank you, man. That was beautiful. Wow. Yeah, I feel like, you know, your perspective is really what shapes your reality, the way that you think, what you tell other people, like having an open mind is super important. And then also your comment on integrity. That's, I actually have some, some notes of, you know, you and what I wanted to speak about. And the first thing that I wrote down is integrity, like doing what you say that you're going to do, being a man of your word, because that's really so important in today's world is like, we always overpromise and under deliver. But if you can do what you say you were going to do, people really look up to that. So that's, Amazing, man. Um, also amazing to hear your perspective on what you have going on in your personal life and just how you're spearheading, like still moving forward. So ever for forever forward mentality. Little Roan Roan <laughs> drop right there. Um, so I wanna take this conversation into how you stay so focused because it seems like, you know, from me getting to know you a little bit in person and then watching your content online, you have a very uh strict structure in your day in terms of when you go to bed we'll talk about that that time of when you go to bed and when you wake up that's something that Braden and i are constantly like coaching on the guys in our program is hey you know it might be hard to get eight hours of sleep but it's more important to get like a specific bed time that you go to sleep and then a specific rise time when you wake up so how do you stay so focused with all the things that you have going on in terms of your professional life and your personal life it's a great question. I would say part of that is just my personality. I've always been like that. But the big turning point for me was about five years ago, four and a half years ago, when I met and really spent time with who is now my wife. And when I realized that she was the person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, it was like all of a sudden my eyes were open to the fact that life was so much bigger than just me and that everything that I did, both in public and in private, was ultimately going to affect her because everything that I did, both in public and in private, was going to change the person that I was becoming. And so, again, to bring it back to integrity, one of the reasons I'm so structured and one of the reasons I care so much about doing what I said I was going to do is because it doesn't always, it doesn't only affect me, right? It affects my wife. It affects you guys, me showing up for this podcast. It affects the people listening. It affects people I'll never meet. And I think with that perspective of life is bigger than just us, it allows me to remain focused. And, and the other thing I would say, too, is for me, I understand that we only have a limited amount of time. And there's a sense of urgency that I feel called to live life with. And I think people feel like urgency is not always a good thing. But I think deliberate urgency, understanding that we only have a finite amount of time and energy and channeling that where you want to channel it is going to create the life that you want to live. And every second, every minute that we let pass by 
uh, without living intentionally, you know, we're never going to get that back. And so what I've started doing recently, actually, to start off my day at 3.30, 4 in the morning when I'm getting up is I just light a match and I watch it burn. And to me, that match symbolizes all of the time that that day has that I'm never going to get back after I live it. And, uh, and I just think intentionality and focus is so, so important. And to me, it really comes back to integrity and then also consistency, knowing that my efforts today might not reap any rewards tomorrow. But in the long term, I'm trusting that little by little, little will become a lot and that impact will, will be meaningful long term. Man, that was deep, my man. You know, if I could give you my second and third favorite words, intentionality and focus. Like that's just, and, and then maybe the, the fourth one, efficiency. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and Ross can attest to this too. My favorite quote and also be my favorite tattoo that'll be right here is a better you equals a better us. You know, mm. to, it's a very simple concept or simple, you know, phrasing, but it's so powerful. You know, we, we and it, be selfish, but be selfish in, and with the, the underlying goal of bettering the people around you. You know, with me competing and I'm getting back into the, like the athlete world, and I, my motivation is when I, when I feel like shit, when I feel down is I think about all the people. I think about my family. I think about Ross. I think about, you know, my people in my community, the people that are relying on me being the best version of myself. That's what gets me up, man. So I love hearing you say that because I know you're not going to lose when you, when you have that type of, you know, intrinsic uh, motivation. Powerful. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And the other thing I'll say is too, like for anybody listening and, you know, I have, I have down days as well, right? And not every day is the best day ever. And I think that's something social media, you know, it's tricky because you go on social media and a lot of times you see the highlights and you think, oh man, these people are crushing it. Joe's at it every day. He's on the dot every minute of his schedule. He's crushing it. You know, that's my intention. And I try my best to do all that, but you know, not every day goes like that. And I think part of it too is realizing you have to give yourself grace and you have to leave mistakes behind you sometimes. And you have to be able to pick back up and say, all right, the morning did not go how I wanted it to go, but I'm not going to throw away the rest of the day. and I'm going to get after it from here on out. So I think that's important to know as well. Man, your and mom then, sat you down at a young age and said, <laughs> listen here, Joe, you always got to put your best foot forward. Just like my mom did, huh? Because I swear that has like just been in my mind always. Like no matter where you are, just put your best foot forward. Show up with good intention and the rest will, will kind of follow. Um, so going into your entrepreneurial career and, and your personal uh, journey, tell us about some of your wins because it mm. seems like you're very diligent with your decision making and where you spend your time. And that has got to lead to some, some type of wins, whether it's financially, personally, you know, you having a successful relationship, you having all these zoom calls and coaching calls every day that I see in your calendar. So give us a little context into like how you kind of got into being an entrepreneur and then why you being so strict with your decision-making, like how that's made you win. Yeah. So I am a doctor of physical therapy. So about three years ago, I graduated from Drexel University here in Philadelphia with my doctorate degree. I've worked for two and a half years in an outpatient clinic here in Philadelphia. I loved aspects of it, but overall, I felt like I had more to give, and I wasn't able to do that in the, in the structure and in the environment that I, I found myself in at that job. So outside of work, I found myself writing a ton, podcasting, creating content, coaching clients, and I was getting it all done, but I was putting in 80, 90 plus hour weeks. And what was happening was I would come home at night and I'd be physically present, but I wasn't, I wasn't there, right? My mind was somewhere else. 
And, uh, and I started to notice how that was not only, again, impacting me, but impacting my wife and the other people in my life. So I thought to myself, if I do this for the next five years, will I be where I want to be? And the answer was a hard no. And so I knew I had to free up more of my time and be more intentional with what I was doing, take ownership. And so I decided I was going to leave my job as a full-time physical therapist and pursue full-time coaching, writing, speaking. And uh, that's what I did about four and a half months ago. And it's definitely a scary decision, but I'm grateful enough to have so many people in my corner. My podcast co-host, Sam, is one of those people who he's been there. He's done that. I told me, you know, look, it's hard. It's challenging, um, but it's the best thing ever. And, and you're going to look back and you're going to not regret that decision. And so I did it. And it's been awesome. And don't get me wrong. I mean, when you leave a job, you, you lose that safety net, right? But at the same time, you take away the ceiling. And you could lose money any day of the week, but you could also make money any day of the week. And I felt like I had to back myself into that wall because when your back's against the wall, the only way to move is forward. And uh, that's what I did when I left my job. And since then, it's been great. Um, I'm making way more money than I've ever made before with uh, technically less work than I've ever done before. Yep. And, uh, you know, I've written a blog every week for the past couple years. I've uh, podcasted every week for the past year or so. Um, I was just featured actually today in the local newspaper here in Philadelphia for sharing my story and starting to do more speaking engagements. And so the wins are coming, but I would say for anybody listening again, it's been three years of me putting in all this work, pulling, you know, all nighters, getting up at two in the morning so I could get stuff done before my quote full-time job. Um, and just now it's starting to pay off. And so it's kind of like uh, bamboo, you know, when I say stuff like this, my podcast co-host Sam laughs and rolls his eyes, but um, bamboo is is a cool plant because you plant it and you water it and nothing happens. You water it year, one year, two years, three years, four years, and then the fifth year after nothing happening for five years, it shoots up real tall in a couple of weeks. And I feel like my life is just bamboo, right? I'm watering, I'm watering, I'm watering. People are looking from the outside and they're like, huh, nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden it starts to shoot up and I don't even think I'm there yet. Uh, but I trust that process and, and that's kind of where I'm at. I, I love that, man. Two things. Uh, I use a similar analogy with my clients. Um, I'm a, I may use the bamboo one, but I use a, a car. Um, and this in terms of like exponential growth, like you are building the foundation and we're putting the pieces together, you know, and it's amazing how once you check off the boxes of, you know, the mobility, the range of motion, the connection to the body, your ability to recruit, you know, having the right, you know, muscle recruitment patterns, having the aerobic or anaerobic conditioning, your body just takes off, right? And as a client, it's hard to have that perspective because you're doing the less sexy stuff at first, at least from, at least it's sexy to me, but um, <laughs> less sexy stuff at first. And then, you know, we're building, we're building, we're building. And then once it, and I'm, I'm seeing it with a, a couple of my clients, they're at that moment where they're taking off. They're like, fuck, that's right. That's this is what, that's what I've been waiting for. And it's hard to have that perspective. And same thing for you know us. I, I have a similar story of, and I, I'm, I'm the winds are coming, but we've just been building, building, building. You know, uh, focusing on me, doing the inner work. I don't know where it's going. Oh, that now I know where it's going. Now the things are coming. Now everything's con the dots are connecting, and it's a it's a beautiful time. So I'm very uh, I don't say envious because I'm I'm a part of that process now as well. But like I I I appreciate what you're going through, and it's a beautiful time to to live. You know. Thanks, man. Yeah, and speaking Absolutely. of favorite words from earlier in the podcast, persistence is also one of my favorites. And there's this great quote by James Watkins, and he said. A river cuts through rock, not because of its power, but because of its persistence. 
And to me, it's right. It's just over and over and over again, going down the same path. And I think a lot of times people get confused or they stop and they pause and they hesitate because there's also this quote out there by Einstein. And it's something along the lines of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So it's walking that line of having enough trust in the process to know that you're not just banging your head against the wall, um, but also, you know, taking that pause every now and then and reassessing and making sure that you're on the right path, you're doing the right things. And uh, it's this tough balance. But I'll tell you, man, most people, I think, stop like way too short of where they need to be. And uh, and that's that's why the extra mile is a lonely place. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's dive into that and kind of like what we we're talking about with social media and how it portrays a certain message. And there's really this this go hard culture. There's the good and the bad that comes with that. So talk about perspective. The good is you need to be uncomfortable to to grow, to learn, to challenge yourself. But also it it seems to condition us to always think we need to go hard all the time. So to like story tell from your side and from your perspective, you know. If I, if someone, you know, whoever's listening, like a small bear, we're all at different levels, right? Like, how do you die or how do you assess how hard you should go? Like, what are those steps? <laughs> it's, it's, tricky, it's a tricky yeah. question. I'm aware. Yeah, it's a tough question. And I'm laughing because um, I think in many areas of my life, I've figured out how far to go by going just a little too far. Uh, and I think of exercise and fitness. I mean, I was the kid at 13 years old who was walking a mile to the local YMCA after middle school to go work out for two hours and knowing absolutely nothing about how to work out. And I just think back to when I was 13, 14, I would lift legs like four days a week, like four days in a row. I would squat Average. because I thought, yeah. I, and, you know, I look back now, I'm like, all right, I was overtraining. I wasn't recovering properly. I was leaving. I wasn't maximizing my potential in the gym because of those things. But I didn't realize that until I hit a point where I was burnt out, where I was actually going backwards. And so I found that limit and I figured out what I needed to adjust and how I need to move forward. But it only came through experience and action. And so for me right now, the big struggle, to be honest, is the early wake up time. So Ross, like you alluded to, I, I literally will be in bed and people are going to laugh at this at 730 at night, winding down, probably asleep at 8, 830 if I don't have other commitments. But that's because I'm up at, at 334 in the morning. And for the longest time, that's worked really, really well for me. But I'm hitting this point in life where now I feel like maybe I don't need to be up at 3.30 or at 4. Maybe I could sleep until 4.30. Maybe I sleep until 5. And I could go to bed a little bit later and spend more quality time with my wife or do social things with other people who are awake at 9 o'clock at night, right? So I'm trying to find this, this balance. And I think, again, balance is a tricky word because it's not something that we just achieve. We don't get there. We don't put a flag in the ground and say, I'm here. It's something that's ever-changing. It's dynamic, and I think we have to change with it. Uh, so to go back to the original question just about um, how, how to figure out kind of how far to go and, and how to set those limits for yourself or those boundaries, I mean, for me, it's just trial and error. It's a learning process every single day, and I think knowing that every season of life is going to look a little bit different helps me be a little bit more flexible uh, because rigidity is one of my strengths, but it's also definitely one of my weaknesses. <laughs> No, I, I love that, man. And I think the big thing that you said there too, it's, it's consistency with something, right? Like it, it's the experience aspect of for sure and testing your limits, but you have to be consistent with things to understand how your body responds. Like you, you gave the example of waking up early. I used to wake up um, not 
three thirty, but it was it was four thirty five a.m. every day for a year and a half, and that 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 was my flow. That worked. Mm-hmm. Now we fast forward, you know, a year and a half, and that wasn't my flow anymore. It was hitting me in different ways, and I've adapted. I've you know evolved, but I I had to test it out first. And on the back end, you need you said this earlier. Be graceful with yourself, right? Just because something works now, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work. Now we reassess. It's all good. We reassess and we see what steps we need to take to evolve and, and see what works with, for us now. Um, and that's big. So one thing, you know, you mentioned, and, you know, this is powerful. Like we kind of just, you just kind of just mentioned it and we kind of went over it, the whole, the fact that you're losing your sight. Like that, to me, that's, that's, that's wild. That's, I appreciate even more like the work that you're putting in because you're not letting it, of course not, like you're, it's not who you are, but you're not letting it hold you back to grow. A lot of people are dealing with, like you mentioned too, a lot of people are dealing with different struggles, you know, and the re- where I'm getting with this is when it comes to motivation, you know, I feel this is wrong. We both shared, you know, our story and how we've hit rock bottom and how it, it sparked us and, and, and it's up to creating the man that we are today, the better men that we're trying to create continue to create so a little what happens next scenario for you you know find out you know that you're you're losing your sight and this is something that obviously you're going to you know exhaust all resources to see if there's solutions to the problem and you're not getting the solution and maybe not you know directly to your story but just in general you know when someone gets that when they hit that rock bottom like how do they stay grounded how do they like and back to steps again what steps do they take to continue to grow and not let it, you know, hold them back from, from growing? Yeah, another great question. I mean, so for me, there are a couple of things that come to mind. Uh, if you couldn't tell already, I'm a big quote guy. And my favorite quote of all time is by Christine Kane. She said, sometimes when you're in a dark place, you think you've been buried, but you've actually been planted. And so for me, it's that that imagery, right, of you're in a dark place, right? You're underground, you're, you're surrounded, and it's easy to feel buried, but you have to trust, you have to have faith that you're planted. And I think for me, that comes through experience. I can look back at my life, I can look at all the adversity, all the dark times, all the struggle, and now looking back, I can connect the dots. And my wife is the best, biggest example of that. You know, I experienced the darkest season of my life right before I met her. And I can look back and connect those dots. And so now going forward, I have that trust. I have that faith. Um, But for people who don't have that, I think it's just trusting and believing that other people have been through similar things before, connecting with those people, hearing stories, understanding that you're not alone, reaching out for help. I think that it's something that personally I didn't do during my dark seasons because there's a stigma associated with it. You think that there's something wrong with you. You feel a sense of shame, embarrassment. Um, But you think about it, you know, you need help with your body, you go to a physical therapist. You need help with your math homework, you go to a tutor. If you need help with something emotional, spiritual, something that's difficult, go seek help. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I actually think there's a lot, a lot of strength in that. And so I think it's a combination of realizing those things. And then also trusting kind of Ross, like what you said, your mom instilled in you is just, just put one foot in front of the other and keep doing the next right thing over and over and over again. And at the end of the day, there are so many things in this life that we can't control. We can't control what happens to us. But again, coming back to perspective, we can always control how we view those things. And then we can always control how we respond with our action. And so for me, again, it's, it's reading stories, it's hearing stories, it's connecting with people who've been there, who've done that, 
who've been in the darkest seasons of their life and then come out the other side as better, stronger people. Uh, I think that's probably the best piece of advice I could give to anybody in that spot. That's rock solid. I I love that, man. Um, And I I, I have another question I wasn't going to throw in there, but I'm just trying to understand you a little bit better because you're really well put together in your your thoughts and you're very self-aware. Um, and I, I just love where your headspace is at. So I'm curious, do you have a, a protocol of meditation, breath work? Like, how do you stay in tune with you? How do you stay in tune with your thoughts? Yeah, that's, that's another great question, man. And I appreciate the compliment. I, uh, you know, every morning when I'm, when I'm up that early, when everybody else is still asleep, my phone's not buzzing. That's one of the reasons I love it is because I could truly be alone with myself. Uh, so I've experimented here and there with different forms of meditation. Box breathing is something that I just continue to come back to. I actually find guided meditation pretty difficult. Um, and I shouldn't say difficult. I, I don't find it as fruitful as just being with my breath. So box breathing is a staple. Uh, I spend a lot of time journaling. So probably anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes, depending on the morning, is just me writing down my thoughts. And it's funny how it follows a similar pattern almost every single day. I'll think about yesterday, I'll think about what went well, what didn't go well. I might have some barrier or some struggle coming up that day. And uh, it's just like me giving myself a little pep talk. And it's funny because my podcast co-host, Sam, we both journal and we both end up having this similar structure to our journals where it's just this dump of emotions, of feelings, of thoughts. And we might be struggling with something. And by the end of the journal, we're pumping ourselves up and, and we're ready to attack the day. So journaling and writing is a big thing for me. Uh, and then prayer is another big thing for me. I mean, I'm a man of faith and I understand that's not everybody's cup of tea, but for me, that's a big part of, of that self-awareness and, and that time in the morning. Dude, that is absolutely epic. That was going to be one of my questions is like from leaving your job and going into full-time entrepreneur, like how did you build awareness to know that it was your calling, but it must've been through one of these mindfulness or awareness practices that you do in terms of journaling, meditation, et cetera. So that was a big question that I have because I think a lot of people we go throughout our days, like having tasks and things Mm -hmm. to do, but then we forget to sift through our thoughts and our emotions and our feelings. That's why I think journaling, I've got my journal right here next to me is so powerful and so strong. I also wanted to throw out one quote that just kind of relates to the conversation that we've been having. I thought we would get some good quotes from you, Mr. Joe. I know how much you like those, but um, something that I've been hearing just a lot, I like to listen to motivation or, you know, I don't really know where I heard this from. Can't quote the right person, but it was failure is formative. Mm -hmm. So you must be acting and failing in order to learn and grow. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought that was really cool. Um, And I would say real quick, Ross, one of the other things that drove me to leave my job eventually was just the fear of regret. Uh, I think we, we sometimes think fear is a bad thing, but I think forward, right, to when I'm 80, 90 years old, hopefully someday, and look back, and I think I would really regret playing it safe and not at least trying. And uh, and I think that's one of the main motivators for me is to try new things, to push limits, to be a little bit uncomfortable, knowing that the worst case scenario is probably not as bad as I think it is in my head, and that knowing that my biggest fear and my biggest pain would be the regret of not doing something I wanted to do. Beautiful. Yeah, so and it, I took that from my brain, man. But it, but it, and with all that, it's easy for us because we've consistently been doing this, you know, for a hot minute now. So it's easier for us to to dive into that and follow that and and be self aware. But it took us going through some shit. It took us journaling. It took us meditating. 
it took us consistently having routines, working out, taking care of our health that led us to be able to think the way we think. Right. Um, it, and that's where, you know, I really appreciate you. I really appreciate, you know, you taking the time and, and sharing like your story because people need to hear this more and more and more, you know, back to like, we're all same, same, but different. You know, we're all dealing with things, but we're all going to, we all learn the same way. We're all human beings. We all have that ability to do it. You know, it's just having the courage and putting yourself in situations to win and, you know, taking care of yourself, taking care of your mind. Um, being a man in the arena. Absolutely. Being a man in the arena, man. That's what it's all about. I've got one last question for him. Um, So obviously you do a lot of hard things. I saw you on Instagram last month doing like 4,000 pushups a day (laughs) every day for 31 days, which is obviously extremely hard. What is the hardest thing that you've ever had to overcome or do both professionally and personally? It could be, or, or physically, professionally, personally, or physically. So one is like a personal question. One is a, is a workout question. You know, it's so funny. So I recently started the Project Endure podcast. I've recorded eight episodes so far. Five guests have cried. And uh, it's just this, this podcast, the four questions are, what's the hardest thing that you've ever been handed, right? So that you didn't ask for. What's the hardest thing you've ever done on purpose? What is your definition of endurance? And what would you say to somebody who's really in a dark place right now, really struggling? So we've actually touched on a lot of this, but I say that because I've never really thought about my answers in depth before. And you're asking me right now. So in terms of a personal challenge, I would say the first year of physical therapy school, I went to Drexel and I was ready to kind of take on the challenge of getting getting a doctorate degree. And what had happened right before I went to Drexel, though, is I lost a big chunk of my eyesight. And so I went into Drexel uh, not feeling 100%. And on the outside, it probably looked like I had it all together to everybody else. I was going to the gym. I was getting good grades, friends with everybody. But on the inside, I was just absolutely falling apart. And it was so weird because everything else in my life up to that point, I could make better if I just put in more effort, if I just tried harder. And for that entire year, I'd wake up every morning and no matter what I tried, no matter how much effort I put in, I just couldn't make myself feel better. I would walk around the streets of Philadelphia on the phone with my parents, just bawling my eyes out every day of the week for an entire year. And um, it really wasn't until I met my wife that things started to turn around for me. But I think the hardest thing that I had to overcome was just getting up every day, putting one foot in front of the other and trying again, even though every day it was just tough and hard and it didn't go my way. But the next day I just had this enough hope to say, I'm just going to try again. And I ended up getting through that year. And again, I look back and I could see that I wasn't buried. I was planted. And, uh, and that was probably the hardest thing I've done personally from a, a physical standpoint, I would probably say walking onto the football team at Bucknell university was one of the most challenging things I've ever done. And, uh, you know, Bucknell is a a D1 AA school. They're not the best, but they're also not the worst. And uh, just from a physical standpoint, I was probably the smallest, slowest. Some big boys. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They They still got got big boys. (laughs) So um, I think just that whole scenario was really, really challenging, both physically, but also mentally, because at the same time, I stopped drinking. I haven't uh, had any alcohol in the past nine years. 
And it was just this big life change. And I was surrounded by these humongous human beings and just trying to do my best to keep up. And so got through that. And, uh, but that was probably the hardest physical challenge I've ever been through. Dude, Love that, that's man. That's impressive. I cannot imagine my little, tiny, <laughs> frail body trying to play football with those big dudes. I played football I'm in seventh sure. grade because I was the shortest dude in my grade. I was like just getting destroyed. I was a receiver yeah. and I, I couldn't catch the ball. So I was like, right, I'm, I'm just going to stick to wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got butterfingers, man. I, I'll stick to soccer. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, Joe, you know, I got, I got to know who you are, man. Who is Joe Rinaldi? And it sounds like a man of um, perspective, lives through perspective, integrity, who is persistent and is compassionate, compassionate. and full and full of empathy, man. I, I, I resonate with that. I know Ross does well. And that's the type of men that we want to uh, encourage, you know, encourage men to be. Um, one last question. You know, you are Mr. Uh, do the hard things or do the hard work. How can people connect with you to do the hard work with you of or course, do the hard yeah. things with you? Yeah, best place to find me is on Instagram. It's Joe A. Rinaldi uh, to connect with me personally. And if you'd like to do hard things with the community of people I'm building, go find Project Endure on Instagram and you can get more information there. We'd love to have you. Love that, man. Well, hey, I appreciate your time and I look forward to connecting with you in the future as well. Likewise. Thank you guys so much for this. I enjoyed it a lot. Awesome, All right, man. Yeah. This is a pleasure, man. We can't wait to have you on, on an episode again soon. We'll follow back up, you know, in some due time. But uh, this has been super educational for me and I know all the listeners. So thank you for your time. And uh, hopefully we'll be seeing you. What, what do you say? You're in like a magazine or, or a newspaper article or something like that? Yeah, the, the Daily News. Magazine's next. Right. Magazine's next. <laughs> all right. But, uh, all right. Hey, I'll be in Austin late January for the Go One More Half Marathon. So maybe I'll see you there. Oh. Oh. Let's, hey, you should, uh, you should come to Deck of Fit and compete with Sam. January 15th. He's, been, he's been trying to get me man i might i might we should man me and me and yes. ross are doing it yeah you all should right. we'll be there uh, we'll see you there all right brother well i look forward to seeing you in the arena in the future sounds good thank you guys